It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. We are borrowing today's Get Real Soul Search from a 1966 Clint Eastwood spaghetti western, <laughs> The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. also going to tie that in to Pope Benedict the 16th 2007 encyclical Space Salve sections 28 and 29 to be specific where he talks about St Augustine's lament over his daily life as a bishop we're tying all that together Yes, yes. Well, I, I got to say, first off, that <laughs> Clint Eastwood is in good company. I mean, we've got Clint, we've got Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, we've got Augusti, August, <laughs> Augustine, Augustine. This is one of those Catholic words we trip <laughs> over. It is Augustine. Augustine. Although I, I grew up in Texas talking about St. Augustine grass Gra- yes, and St. Augustine, yes. Texas. Yes. And then when I became Catholic, somebody told me it's Augustine. Augustine. This episode is a smackdown on ourselves. So like we say, get ready to dig deep. Mm-hmm. Please listen to the end because we are going to walk through tying all this together because we want to tell you how to fix all your discord in your own life. We're talking about a concept that is foreign to me as a scientist, being for all. Pope Benedict uses that phrase, being for all. Space Alva, you know, is about hope. And he's saying in this section that with modern technology, think about global communications, our cell phones, our travel, we tend to focus on individualism. We tend to focus on ourselves. Pope Benedict is saying you can't have true hope if all you're doing is having hope for yourself. You can't do it in isolation. So Mm. being for all is a radical concept. We're all about communion as Catholics. If we are in communion with Jesus Christ, we have to be in communion with others. Being for all means we live for others. And that's where St. Augustine comes in with his, we think this is St. Augustine's version (laughs) of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. Uh, Just to quickly go through his story, he's a convert, as you know. He's one of the most famous converts to Christianity. After his conversion, he was so excited, and Stacy and I get that. We were excited, too. St. Augustine was headed off to live the contemplative life, <laughs> and, and I laugh at that because I, I totally get it. Like, yeah, I'm just going to live in my home and never leave it and tend to my things, and I don't, I don't have to go out and deal with other people. Yeah. But not so fast. St. Augustine was, as the story goes, attending Mass in the port city of Hippo. The bishop there compelled St. Augustine to become a priest. 
So St. Augustine becomes a priest in his life after going to this Mass. He changes course. He's not going to go live the contemplative life. And he writes about this in his confessions. St. Augustine says, Terrified by my sins and the weight of my misery, I had resolved in my heart and meditated flight into the wilderness. So he's trying to run away. Mm Mm-hmm. But you, Lord, he's talking to God, you forbade me and gave me strength by saying, hey, Augustine, Christ (laughs) died for all that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who for their sake died. And that's actually from 2 Corinthians 5.15. So so St. Augustine has the same feeling that we're talking about today. He wants to flee from what God's calling him to do. He wants to flee from a relationship with others. But then he's turned around and he's reminded Christ died for all. Mm-hmm. To live for him means allowing ourselves to be drawn into Christ's being for others. Mm-hmm. And that means, and here, here's where we're going to get a little tough. We have to give all of ourselves first. Yes. Christ wants all of us. Yes, yes. And that can be a scary thought to give yourself completely to, I mean, most of us spend our entire lives protecting ourselves, guarding ourselves, and like Augustine, terrified by our sins so much that we want to serve God from a safe distance. Mm-hmm. You know, not not too much is asked of us. Like, okay, Lord, I can give you this much time, this much energy, this much of myself, but that's Mm -hmm. it. Like we try to draw the line. We try to set a boundary. And he says, no, 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 no. I paid a high price for this. I want all of you. (laughs) And why? Why does he want all of us? Well, so that he can heal those areas that need healing and can work through us so that we can bless others. You know, I remember the day that the Lord told me he wanted all of me and he wanted the good, the bad <laughs> and the ugly. And the things I did right, the things I did wrong and the things I didn't want to yes. anyone to know about. Right. Those hidden things. So, you know, the good things, the successes, the achievements. OK, that's not so hard. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can give him that. I mean, I know that even. All of my righteousnesses, uh, filthy rags, right? But I can give that to him. But then the bad things, you know, like yeah. all those times I could have done more, but didn't because of selfishness. Um, all those times that I tried, but face planted. All those embarrassing failures that I really want to forget and don't want anyone else to know about. Mm-hmm. But Again, you know, if the Lord's asking for it, I will give it to him. And just I remember going through all this in my mind and thinking, Lord, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> and it just stayed between me and you. But and then there's the ugly, right? So Yeah. Not are, the bad, the ugly. Yes, the ugly. I mean, this is even where, harder. This is where it gets really ugly. Yeah, right. So these things, you know, are truly tucked away, locked up with locks that I had on purpose forgotten the combination to, I mean, not planning to ever open up, but these are like, you know, the ugly sins, my ugly heart, unforgiveness, um, abuses that I've been through, mm-hmm. offenses that I've held on to, the pain because I have unforgiveness and because I held on to offenses, the hardness of heart. I mean, I could go on and on. It was a yeah. lot more ugly A lot more bad than good and a lot more ugly than bad. (laughs) Yeah. But the point is I had them locked up, hid from the rest of the world, put my everything is just fine mask on, 
Nimrod, mm-hmm. all. I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and even though, you know, God knew all about them and I, and I knew he was asking for them. I just didn't want to go there. I just, I just couldn't go there right then. So the good. Okay. The bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the ugly, I just couldn't do it. I just didn't even want to to talk about it right then. So God is so gracious. He's so merciful and so loving. He went in a different direction and he didn't push me or pressure me, but he began asking me for other things. Again, he wants all of us. So he began asking me for my time, my attention, my energy, my hopes, my dreams, my plans. And these were hard to lay down because even though I wanted to surrender to him, I did have plans. I did have dreams. I did have goals. And I felt like I needed to just lay all of that down. And it was kind of an ongoing process. It wasn't just a one time, you know, like one week I made give him all my goals and dreams. And then the next week I start thinking about them again and chasing them and planning. And then I'm like, oh, I got to lay that down. It's God's timing, God's will. If he wants it to happen, okay. If not, then, you know, that whole Moses, if you're not going, I'm not going with you. Mm -hmm. Just laying it down, going through that whole process in my mind again. And then the next week picking it up and then the next week laying it down. So it was kind of a a roller coaster ride. But but, uh, like I said, God is so gracious. Um, And I guess, you know, God, along the way, God began to show me that he does have a plan for me, a hope and a future like Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us. I guess like Augustine, I had to decide whether I wanted my plans or the plans that God had for me. I I was a chem. I am. A chem- I'll always be a chemist. I love chemistry. But it took me a long time to truly get my head around this idea that people are not just highly complex composite systems of atoms and molecules, that <laughs> that people are body and soul, rational soul made in the image and likeness of God. And I don't think I'll ever be a social butterfly, but I did learn too late in life that we need to nurture our relationships But nurturing a relationship makes us vulnerable. It makes us vulnerable because we can't just put on our good mask. Everything is just fine mask, like you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, We have to root out, and I mean root out, dig deep into your own self and name your bad and name your ugly and say, Christ, I give it all to you. And I think it's funny in this encyclical space, Alvi, it's funny that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth chose to quote Saint Augustine. Um, <laughs> Stacy and I like to say that we're well. Stacy, you said it, but I totally do the same thing. That we do our wallering, like mm-hmm. we we let the bad things in our lives, our fears, and the things that bother us, we let them get bigger than our Goliaths. We let our fears grow to such monsters that we shut out God. Mm-hmm. And we do this when we're doing things like <laughs> washing dishes and vacuuming. <laughs> We're, we're in our mind. We're just r- ruminating. We're, we call it wallering. Wallering. Like pigs. Yes. We're wallering <laughs> in our fears yeah. and worries. And all that. And, and I go, like, God, you know, I don't want to talk about my bad and my, and my ugly, but I, let's talk about everybody else's bad and ugly. <laughs> Do you see what I have to deal with? And St. Augustine, God love him. He's, <laughs> he's kind of doing this same thing, wallering. As when he's later in his life, in his confessions, he's talking about this life he has to lead as a bishop. And so here he is, here he is wallowing. And and I'm going to quote what St. Augustine says. The turbulent have to be corrected 
the faint-hearted cheered up, the weak supported, the gospel's opponents need to be refuted, its insidious enemies guarded against, the unlearned need to be taught, the indolent stirred up, the argumentative checked, the proud must be put in their place, the desperate set on their feet, those engaged in quarrels reconciled, the needy have to be helped, the oppressed to be liberated, the good to be encouraged, the bad to be tolerated, mm-hmm. all must be loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is why we're saying do like St. Augustine does. Maybe you do, Waller, sometimes. Maybe you are listing all of the the bad and the ugly in the people in your life, all the things you have to do. Because I, I, could, I could say what he did. I wouldn't say it as eloquently as St. <laughs> Augustine did. But I'm sometimes like, those kids need to be taught. Mm-hmm. Those fighting siblings need to be broken apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The needy have to be helped. <laughs> These oppressed teenagers need to be liberated. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going through like my litany of all the things I have to do and I'm wallowing in it. But mm-hmm. the thing we have to understand, so we get into this constant cycle where we're rooting out the good, the bad, and the ugly in ourselves and giving it all to Christ. We also need to be honest. You know, we need to waller sometimes. We need to be honest about the good, the bad, and the ugly in our own lives. But even that in ourselves, in the ones we love, we need to give it all back to God. Once you surrender that to God and He heals that, you know, that's when that wall can come down. St. Augustine's um, when he says all must be loved, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how God uses us to love others, to, to allow him to love others through us, to, yeah. to heal us in a way that we can be a blessing to others, that we can be his hands and feet and love others and, um, and to love others in action, word and deed, to show the love of God. St. August, Augustine <laughs> uh, wasn't called to be a bishop just to have an occupation, just to have a job. Yeah. I mean, God had a huge plan for his life and all, all must be loved. That's why God wants to heal us again so that we can love others in such a healthy way. Yes, because you can't really love all the people in your life if you don't love yourself True. and give all of yourself to God. Right. And that, that right there is how we put it together. Right. We, we have to root out those bad and uglies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we can't be afraid to confront them in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I'm talking literally doing this like like I, I, I'm, I'm well into my 50s. But even just the other day, I was I was telling my husband, I was examining why I reacted to a rejection the way I did. I, I was rejected from doing something that I, I really didn't even want to do. But when I was told they didn't want me to do it, I felt hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I feel that way? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I rooted it out, but I made myself because I've learned and I've learned to trust myself and trust the people in my life love me back in return and that God loves me and will give me the grace to, to figure this out. I had to ask myself, why do you feel that way? Well, I feel that way because I still have some little girl insecurities that I've never let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, those kind of things keep you from being open to to love. It's liberating. Mm-hmm. That's what we're saying. It is liberating to learn to confront your good, bad, and ug- ugly. And to be honest about the things you don't even like doing in your life. Because you, only by getting completely honest, smack down honest, mm-hmm. can you begin to heal it. We're going to talk about the healing part and and what to do about it in the next segment.
Before we go to the next segment, we want to tell you how you can have a get smack down real retreat with Stacy and Stacy. <laughs> we want to um, come to your parish or your group and take a day to set all of the craziness of life aside and silence our fears and confront our fears. So if you're interested in a get smack down real retreat <laughs> with Stacy and Stacy, go to our website, stacyandstacy.site and click on retreats. This is where we can really get real and dig deep. We're going to laugh. We might cry a little bit, but we're going to laugh some more. (laughs) Relationships are hard. Marriage is hard. I mean, we all know this. Being a mom is hard. Friendships can get tricky sometimes. Relationships are just work, period. I mean, we have to make sacrifices, but we're called to make sacrifices. We're called to be a living sacrifice. So, but I think it just goes back to linking arms, supporting one another, and loving all, all must be loved, is loving the unlovable, because the unlovable are part of all. (laughs) And why do we do this? Because we love Jesus, and he tells us to love one another even as he has loved us. You know, in the catechism, it says love is the fundamental and innate vocation of every human being. And this just reminds me that my calling is to love others as Jesus loved me, the good, the bad and the ugly Mm -hmm. on the days when, you know, everything is going good in my life and I'm having a great day or even on the days where. I just want to throw in the towel and I'm a hot mess and it's been a horrible day. I've messed up. I've fallen again. Jesus still loves me. Good and bad. Jesus still loves me. Even in the ugly, Jesus loves me. He loves me in spite of me. So if that's how he loves me, then that's how I'm called to love. But loving Mm -hmm. like Jesus isn't easy. Mm -hmm. We know that, right? I mean, but he will give us the grace for it. And I'm just reminded of, um, a story that I heard when we were going through our adoption process, I I heard about this little boy that he'd been through a lot, had been hurt and he was very angry. Um, He had been adopted by a sweet family and they were very committed to him. And this little boy would yell and scream and say terrible things to his dad. And one day his dad sit down in the living room floor and just didn't move. He just sat there. And this This little boy was yelling and screaming and he would scream, I hate you. And the Mm. dad would say, I love you. And he would yell at his dad and the dad would just say, I love you. And he hit his dad and the dad Mm. said, I love you. And he hit his dad multiple times. And each time the dad would say, I love you. And This went on, but it finally broke the little boy. And and the little boy, um, I was told, just collapsed in his dad's lap. And, um, you know, it just reminds me of one of my favorite Bible verses in Romans 2, 4. It says, do you not realize that that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Hmm. It's the goodness of God. My translation growing up always said it's the goodness of God. So you'll hear me say that. But it's the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God that draws us to repentance, that 
we love because he first loved us. So this dad, to me, was exemplifying the goodness of God, that unconditional love of a father. Yeah. That's such a sweet story. And I think, obviously, I think we're all like that little boy sometimes, if we're honest. We're we're yelling at God, and and he's just there saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the problem is we don't always have people in our lives who love us like that. And, and we get hurt in life and we we'll just mm-hmm. be honest about it. Right. Mm-hmm. We, you know, again, we're not being specific, but I know every one of us can name specifics in our heart. We're like that little boy. Sometimes we've, we've been judged and it's hurt us. And so we become judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we judge because we've been hurt. Mm-hmm. We are insecure because people haven't loved us the way we wanted. They haven't loved us unconditionally. They've loved us with conditions. And so we felt like we had to perform to earn right. love. Right. And whether it's children, whether it's teenagers, whether it's adult, and even whether it's the elderly, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I think a lot about the kind of older woman I want to be. And I don't, I don't want to be bitter. And, and I think that a lot of people have hurts and insecurities and pains from their childhood. Absolutely. And then they act out as rebels in their teenage years and they carry that bitterness into adulthood and they never root it out. I've known married couples who never rooted out and they may not get a divorce, but they live in misery because they're practically divorced. They're not to become one because they haven't rooted out their bads and the uglies. And they've tried like everything to put up walls and only show the good. But what they end up doing is sabotaging the whole relationship. And I think a lot about the kind of older woman the old lady, Stacy Trisangos <laughs> wants to be. I don't want to be bitter. And I think I was definitely heading in that direction. And, and that is the beauty of the grace that mm. comes when you give all of yourself to God. Yes. You become a wise, a seasoned person. Mm-hmm. You fix the relationships. It's never too late. You fix That's the right. relationships in your life, your friendships, your, your relationships in your family, your relationships with your kids. Because... Because it it is true. We're all little kids running through life, you know, being angry at the people who've hurt us. But what we're all really doing, what that little boy was really doing, he just didn't find it in himself yet. We're running through life with our arms wide open saying, somebody, please love me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Who's going to love me? And, Mm -hmm. And someday, hopefully everybody, that's what we pray for, realize that Christ loves us. Yeah. Christ loves our children in our episode on our not being happy unless, unless our children come to heaven too. Like we can't be happy if our children are in hell. We have to remember that Christ loves our children more than we do. He died mm-hmm. on the cross so they could go to heaven. Yes. He loves our children more than we do. He loves our enemies, the people that make our life hard, the people that flat out hate us. God loves them too. He loves all of us. And that is what that phrase being for all means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just finish up here. 
we even though we don't go into a lot of detail, we 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 have been Stacy and I have both been through a lot. We've we've confronted a lot in our life with our with our kids. We have big families. Mm-hmm. But my my husband and I both um we had prior relationships that speaking for myself, I had wrecked. I had wreaked havoc in my life. And he had his own baggage. Everybody has baggage coming into marriage, but we had yeah. Jose and I had the kind of baggage that statistics would say we never should have made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did take two decades for us to get to this point. So we talk sometimes, what does the grace of marriage mean? That if you're sacramentally married in the church and you have the grace of Christ in your marriage, you have the grace to root out all the uglies and bads so that you can put down your walls and be totally vulnerable with your spouse and two can totally actually become one. But we saved our marriage by allowing the grace of Christ to make us confident and vulnerable enough to lay down our walls and completely open ourselves up to each other. And I felt, I'm a literal person. I actually felt the pain as if I had cracked open my own rib cage and let all my guts fall out on the floor in front of him. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure I'm real pretty now. (laughs) But it hurt. Mm-hmm. It hurt and it was scary because I didn't think I was going to be able to take another breath. Mm-hmm. And I know from experience when I say being for all, giving all of your uglies and bads and goods to God so that you can love the people in your life. It may sound like Christianese, but it <laughs> absolutely works. We are all broken and need Jesus. I said earlier that I wasn't able to give. I wasn't able to give my ugly uh, at first. Mm-hmm. I, I just just walked away from that conversation with the Lord and just wasn't ready to go there. Like I said, he was gracious, but I just wasn't ready to go there. But I do remember when it happened and it was so profound that moment that it stands out and I remember it. And I was actually at a women's conference and there was someone there that was giving her story, her testimony. And she was just telling the Lord how, or telling everybody there how the Lord had protected and healed and provided and saved her. And, And, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I mean, it was a powerful testimony. And somewhere in me, this, I just felt this bubbling up in me, like a a tenacity, a a warrior Mm -hmm. attitude, this, this almost a defiant roar come out, came out of me. And it was like, Lord, don't let what I've been through be in vain. Let's go kick some devil booty. And I'm telling you, I actually said that. That's how I felt. Use me, Lord. Use me. That's how I felt. And, um, you know, I felt like the Lord said right away to me, well, don't let what I've been through be in vain either. Mm-hmm. And that just meant, you know, I kind of got this little a download, but it it just, <laughs> it just meant to me that he paid such a high price on the cross. He gave everything. He He wanted me to be healed from all of my past wounds, my unforgiveness. He wanted that ugly. And Mm -hmm. I knew if I was ever going to be healed and whole, I would have to give it all to God. And I wanted to be able to help others. I wanted to be that warrior for Christ. I wanted to Mm -hmm. grab my sword and my shield and march on and give me my marching orders. Let use me, use me, Lord. So I knew that I had to come from a place of healing I had to surrender everything, the ugly, in order to receive the healing so that I could be used and speak 
from a place of healing, or I would have done and would would have done more damage than good. Mm -hmm. And you will hear psychiatrists and therapists say this, the wounded wound. That's what we're talking about. But in the context of Catholic teaching here, we have to fix all the discord in our lives and the good, the bad and the ugly. We, we have to name it. Mm-hmm. So na- name your good, name the good things that you're willing to give to God. Don't hide from those either. Name the mm-hmm. good things. You know, we're like little kids. We just colored a pretty picture and we want to run up to our, <laughs> our teacher and show her like, look what I did. And we we want that praise. And it's okay. It's okay. Give God the good things and say what the good things are. But then pray for the courage, the grace to confront the bad things. But then, like Stacy said, even the harder things Make yourself confront the ugly, the things that you're so embarrassed for anybody to know about you. So that's your homework. Make yes. a list. You can do it in your mind, like, or you can write it down, like St. Augustine, Augustine did um, when he was talking about all his work as a bishop. And if you find it hard anywhere along the way, ask Christ for the grace. All you have to do is say, Jesus, please give me the grace to do this. Yes. The grace to be for all, to love them all. Because we first give Christ our all and let him love us. I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>